If you're the kind of person who follows their intuition and believes that the natural world has something to teach us, then you'll love my next conversation. This one is wrapped with mullein leaves, um, rose petals from roses in my garden. Sticks and Stones is a crafting business that creates natural earth art with treasures they find in the forest. I'm making things kind of like this. I talk with founders Penny and Choops about their intention behind the project. Doing art actually allows you to be really present in the moment. The technical aspect of their craft. We started taking these spirit stuff and we started uh, doing crackle burning. And how mindfulness and spirituality play a role in their work. Just being mindful in that moment leads us to the right pieces at the right times. And we talk about Bigfoot just for fun. Yeah, I totally believe that it could be hiding in different dimensions, portals that they can kind of jump through. So hit that subscribe button and please enjoy my conversation with Sticks and Stones. Welcome to the Meditation Daily Podcast. I am here with Sticks and Stones. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're doing super well. It's another beautiful day here in Ottawa. The sun's shining. We're still breathing. I got this one beside me. Life's good. Um, maybe you guys can introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a bit about what Sticks and Stones does. Um, yeah, um, I'm Penny, and this is Juice. And Sticks and Stones uh, kind of was birthed by um, our love of kind of creating and nature and crystals and wanting to just kind of do our own thing in the world, um, to have our own business and be self-sufficient, but also bring forth things that potentially could bring joy and connection for people to have to their own spirituality through the art that we create. And have you been uh, creating things like this for a while or is this a new, uh, is this a new practice? For you? I have been, I've been a maker. I've been a maker my whole life. Ever since I was a little kid, I used to make clothes for my cat. <laughs> she hated it, but I loved it. And, um, just uh, constantly always like knitting or baking. I'm a big gardener um, and I love going out. I do a lot of foraging. I've always been really big on foraging and I love my veggie garden. And so uh, it just was kind of, uh, it was interesting when I met Tupi, he's a, he's a musician and, you know, really a creator in his own, in his own way and, and never really thought of himself as an, as a visual artist. He just thought, oh, I'm an artist, but not like an artist, like in terms of making art. And um, he was making these staffs that he would carve and put crystals in and um, was giving them as gifts to people. And I said, you know, that's art. (laughs) That is totally art. And so um, I think that we've both been doing that, but to bring it forth as in terms of an actual business, uh, it's really new. Um, these are always been things that we've only shared with family and friends uh, and gave them as gifts, but nothing to the scope that we're, we're at right now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's uh, uh, like making these these staffs uh, to a much lesser degree. Um, uh, I've been doing them for a while, but they were very, uh, very basic, let's say, uh, all done by hand with a little Swiss Army knife or whatever. But as it slowly evolved with the... I guess, uh, motivation and like, uh, encouragement from Denny. Um, it's, it's evolved into something, uh, much, much more, uh, just amazing and beautiful. Is it, um, is it mostly staffs that you guys are making or what, uh, what kind of objects are you creating for this? I'm just making, uh, I'm pretty much just making staffs. Um, I call them spirit staffs. 
Um, here I've got an example right here, actually. Um, so like Penny said, like for us, it's kind of like bridging uh, our art and our artistic expression with our spirituality. Um, so for me, like I'm making things kind of like this. I'm not sure how well that's coming through. Um, but Penny herself, she makes uh, yeah. 15, 20 different <laughs> things. And like yeah. she's coming up with new ideas all the time. And they're, they never cease to amaze me. Yeah. Um, and the way they fit in with our uh, with our, our mission statement and just our our um, intention for this uh, this project and this business. Well, the, the the name says it all sticks and stones. So the the materials are mostly wood then and uh, and stones. Well, um, the stone yeah the stones part is definitely for the crystals and the sticks is definitely um, the sticks <laughs> that he's using them. But uh, from for. Uh, my end of stuff, um, I use anything and everything I can find. Um, so that, that includes just around the house in terms of garbage or recycling, um, old shirts, old pants. Um, I make smudge sticks. I, I smudge. I love smudging myself. And um, I really uh, believe that things that are from where you live, like so if it's, it's growing in your neighborhood, if you're seeing it on your walk, um, that it offers different medicine, like white, North classic white sage, uh, it grows in the desert. And so it's not really a local medicine. And so I really wanted to have things that, um, were local. And I find that in my practice of smudging, I can feel a difference. And so I was give them as gifts all the, a lot of the time, but started making them and people just love it. And I, I love, and so like, I use anything from dandelions that I find or the lilacs in bloom, clovers on the ground. I find rocks on the ground, sticks, little neat pieces of moss, little mushrooms. Um, this is a new one that I'm coming out with, but it is, um, I just found these little mushrooms growing on a fallen branch and started making a, a little house. <laughs> um, and here's a, an example of uh, one of the smudge sticks here. And so this one is wrapped with mullein leaves, um, rose petals from roses in my garden, and uh, little clovers. Uh, and I, I love making these. I call these uh, forest weaves. And um, this is a, a real combination of a lot of things that I just find. I found these little nuts that were left by squirrels and little turkey tails off a fallen branch. Um, these are some stones that we actually went out and we found a, a mine that we and abandoned mines, we found the stones and uh, little grapevines. So it's just all things that we find. <laughs> like we're at the intention that goes into the art and the pieces that we make, uh, the intention going into it as we're making it um, is a big part of the medicine that it provides. Um, like the power of intention is a, is a infinitely powerful uh, and amazing, uh, amazing thing. Um, so just the entire process and start to finish as we're making it more and more focused, we, we get into it. Um, staying mindful of, again, the, the intention behind the entire process, uh, it, it's pretty steady start yeah. to finish. And, um, I feel that there's a big piece to, um, allowing, um, like being present with what you're working on. So, um, I say if I'm looking at, and I see something inside a mushroom or a stone and it, it's almost allowing it to say what it wants to be. Like you have to be 
quiet enough and be present enough in the moment to allow it to kind of reach its expression. So like, you know, for example, Chippy finds a stick and you can almost just see in it right as it like what it can be and where it's going to be going and staying present with that and allowing the... And what, and what it wants to be. Almost. Yeah, what it wants to be. Uh, and so that's kind of the fun part of being really mindful in that moment is that it's not necessarily what you want it to be. It's allowing it to unfold. Riffing off of that, um, before we were recording, uh, Chupi, you were showing us this uh, new process that you have. It seems to be really in line with what we're speaking yeah. about um, in terms of yeah. following the, uh, what's the material ones. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's very well phrased. Um, so this is actually the idea of uh, my brother Stefan, who uh, who Will knows very well. Um, but we started taking these spirit stuffs and we started uh, doing crackle burning. So basically, what it does is it's an open electrical current that you're playing with. But as you go through it, uh, it literally here, I'll see if I can get a little closer. It's literally burning itself right through the wood, and it's taking the path of least resistance. Uh, going all the way through. Um, so yeah, it's kind of guiding itself to shape itself into what it, what it becomes uh, in the end. That's it. Which is that's truly amazing. I've never heard of this. That's very cool. It's very, very neat. Is it so safe? the next step that we're doing. Uh, you, safety is the number one uh, thing to be mindful of when you're doing the fractal burning. Um, like anytime you're working with any electrical currents, there's uh, there's always a danger there. Um, but we've got uh, all the like very, we're very very thorough when it comes to safety. Uh, everything is grounded. He's got special um, gloves. Yeah, he's got the uh, uh, the safety gloves that go up to his elbow that are uh, uh, resistant to twice the amount of voltage that we're using. Uh, it's all done on a wooden table and rubber mat, and uh, there's no no metal on him when he's uh, not even a belt buckle when he's doing it. Like we're very, very, very mindful and uh, just on the safety side of things. Cause if you're not, it can be very dangerous. So this is one of those don't try it at home kind of scenarios. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely one of those don't try it at home uh, scenarios. You're, you're playing with- but, uh, but you have these for sale if people want to uh, want to see these things? Yeah, well, this is actually our first. It's a very new idea for us. Um, so this is our first one here that I'm working on and almost finished. Uh, but will it, it will be uh, uh, available on our uh, in terms of like custom customization and custom orders? Uh, it will be part of the process for a lot of the materials that we make now. And I guess that just works for wood then, uh, but it could be any kind of wood, not necessarily just a stock. Yes. Yeah, any kind of wood you can do it on. You'd want it to be a reasonable thickness. I'm not too sure on the exact size, but yeah, you would definitely want it. Yeah, only on wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we've got plans to uh, incorporate this into. Penny does. Uh, I haven't really come up with a name yet. Maybe like forest fairy crowns, um, kind of like crowns all uh, forested up, like the, uh, the the weaves and everything else she does. Um, and we're thinking about doing like uh, putting antlers on them and then having the fractal burning on those. Uh, and then in the end, we're going to try uh, our next experiment is we're going to try to fill that kind of magic wizard lightning that it creates. We're going to fill it with a UV reactive epoxy. Uh, so when you're on the forest dance floor, uh, forest festivals and whatnot, with any UV lighting, it's going to kind of 
glow with the power of a thousand suns, bright green or blue or red or whatever. That's the next step we're going to try. And I, I just kind of wanted to double back a little bit to the mindfulness. Like, um, I know that um, uh, what, I, what I find is that just the practice of, of crafting and just being art and doing art actually allows you to be really present in the moment. And um, I, I've struggled in the past with some pain conditions or even like mental health stuff. And I find that um, crafting has always been a, a great, I don't want to say distraction, but it really allows me to kind of just be present, be present with what I'm doing and what's coming next and what's happening right here, right now. And so, you know, and, and I just, I'm new to music and I had no idea that musicians were up there just kind of meditating really in the flow. And so the, this, the practice of, of creating, whether you're making music or baking a cake or um, making and crafting, um, you're in that kind of artistic flow, which really allows for mindfulness, being present, really present to what is happening now. Yeah, being, uh, I, I couldn't agree more, being, being really focused in that moment uh, uh, has just so much magic and medicine uh, in that, in that process and, and in that, uh, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And just very one of One of the neat things about um, practicing with crafts or, or working with like materials like that is it really gets you into the body, um, like into the, the feeling of the wood on the hands, um, these kinds of things, like the really tactile stuff. Um, yes. is like it's such a direct uh, connection with the present moment. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like myself, uh, as an example, like when I'm, let's say like, like taking the bark or doing the, like more of the hand carving, uh, beginning parts of a, of a new piece, um, you're very much kind of in, in the flow and in the groove of that particular piece, whether you, you hit a knot or a groove or a, or whatever, you're going with the flow of the piece. It really, uh, it really connects you. Right. And you have to be super present and concentrated, I would imagine, too. Because yeah. oh, absolutely. Um, when you're working yeah. with small objects like that, you can make mistakes and kind of screw up pretty quickly. Or cut yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it even uh, that even applies to the very beginning parts of the entire process. Even just when we're out in the forest looking for the right pieces and just kind of like um, looking for the signs in nature to guide us to the piece to the piece that that's calling to us from out in the forest somewhere. And uh, um, yeah, just being mindful in that moment to to kind of look for the signs and follow your heart, but also follow the call of, of nature that's around you. Um, just being mindful in that moment leads us to the right pieces at the right times. Yeah. Nature is kind of um, a big, I mean, we, there's the, the Gaia theory, everything is part of one giant organism. So the, the idea of like nature guiding you is not that far-fetched. I guess it's always done. Well, no. The uh, uh, well, in our opinion, it's not far fetched at all. That's uh, yeah. that's that's the way it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel a, a lot of the pieces that I make. I'm. I actually. I feel inspired, or I've been kind of heard whispers from even the stones, or like I, I make these little stone thrones, and uh, I had this this beautiful crystal, and uh, it doesn't. 
stand. It just lays down by itself. And I just one day could kind of feel like I need to stand. Like it just wanted to be upright. And so I just started making it a little thing to sit in. And it's just that gentle listening. I think the more time we spend with nature and the more time that we allow ourselves to just kind of be really present in the moment, we can start to hear those little whispers from Gaia. We can hear whispers from the world around us of, of inspiration. Um, and so it's it just really, it, yeah, the, from start to finish, I feel like our art is, is inspired. And what, it, it's a real practice of listening. What role does the mind have in this stuff? Because I know like with meditation, a lot of the, the point is to, um, I mean, quiet the mind, or get out of the analytical thinking and like follow intuition and this kind of stuff. Like what role does the mind, the thinking mind have in your process? If at all, like, does it have a role or do you just try to stop the thinking while you're working? Like, is there, is there a reason? Is there, um, is there a place for that kind of like analytical and critical thinking? For me personally, that, uh, that thinking mind, as you phrased it is, uh, actually one of my biggest deterrents in terms of uh moving forward i find if i if i stop just going intuitively and going with the flow of the piece i have my hands on and if that thinking mind starts taking over the process then i find personally i'm i'm second guessing myself uh i'm uh taking longer to make a decision on what crystals go in or what leathers go in whereas if i just kind of let go and just and just let myself tap into that flow, then things just click together much more naturally and uh, uh, effortlessly. And, and for myself, I find that there's a time and place. Um, I do run across um, challenges where I can feel like the, you know, this needs to, I want to have it higher. I want to have a little piece here. I want um, it, like it needs to have a little mushroom on it, something. And then you kind of said, well, I don't even know how to make that happen. <laughs> and so the right. mind kind of right. kicks in in terms of strategy and, well, we could try it this way or we could try it that way. Or even sometimes like, that'd be really cool. I wonder if I can like put plastic with stones or like put this branch through this plastic piece or whatever it might be. And I think that the mind for me helps me in problem solving um, in terms of like, well, how do I make that happen? It's almost like the mind sets the direction or something like that. And then the intuition has to figure out how to get there. You know, it's like, oh, I want the mushroom to be on top. But then, you know, you can't see the way forward unless you actually start playing with things and like moving things around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would, I would, uh, I would definitely agree with that. That was really well phrased. Well, uh, there is, I guess it's all about balance. Uh, yeah. like, like everything else in life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're, when your mind, when you've decided that that's what you want and if it's not working, as Chippy said, there's this kind of like having to go, well, maybe that, like just letting that go because you're forcing. Um, but there is um, that fun part. I always think of my, I kind of think of all, all artists as like mad scientists. And it's like, well, can we can put this here and do this. And what about that? And you just have these kind of great ideas. And there's a, a great curiosity in trying to find out how that happens. And so you can use it then like the mind, that's the mind when it's being healthy. You know, the mind when it's not being healthy is like, well, this is dumb. Like, you know, was anyone even like this? Like, I, I you know. Or no, no, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't yeah, do that. Like that, that, that. Why would you even want to put those together? And so it's it's just being really, and that's part of that mindful, mind, mindfulness is, is like, oh, 
you know, like noticing when you're, you're saying that. And I feel like, you know, noticing is always that first step and you're like, Oh, well, that's dark. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of artists make art because it feels good for them. And, um, there's just so many millions of people out there that it's bound to actually feel good for someone else. And, and so it's really, it's, it's difficult as an artist thinking from that perspective, like, well, I want to make things that people like. Uh, and then you kind of lose yourself. You lose your direction. And, and so I feel like art really has to come from somewhere inside of you where there's this passion that feels really good. And so I'm always checking myself to make sure that I'm and seeing if I can notice where I'm like wanting something to be liked by others. I know that's because we want to make money, (laughs) but it has to come from somewhere different for for myself. Um, I think it's really important, uh, like Penny uh, was just saying, to think, especially with the type of stuff that we're doing, I think we have to make the art that we make uh we have to make it for ourselves and just have faith that other people out there are going to connect with it uh in the way that we do yeah um i don't think it would for for either us either of us in our process uh i don't think we would be making things as awesome as beautiful as we are if we were making it for others as opposed to making it for ourselves trusting that others will connect with us so let's switch gears a little bit and do the ultimate psychic challenge. So there are 25 cards here and there are five different shapes on the cards. I'm going to pick a card at random. And if you can get 10 out of 10 cards in a row correct, you will win a solid gold dragon coin. This coin is 99.99% real gold, and there is a picture of a dragon on it. Woo, 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 woo! So, this task is pretty much impossible, but if you guys have psychic abilities, um, maybe maybe you'll get the dragon coin. And I'm going to even help you by telepathically sending you the image on the card. So, I have the first card in front of me. What is on the card? Wave of lands. No, sorry, guys. You're out. It's a square. All right, let's switch it up and talk about Bigfoot for a second. Where is Bigfoot hiding? There could be there could be some kind of like, um, you know, overlapping realities, and maybe they just kind of like shift between between realities. I don't know why I'm entertaining this on on this show, but it seems talking about this yeah i totally believe that it could be hiding in different dimensions portals that they can kind of jump through to get away from us <laughs> i think that's that's uh, personally i think that would be well within the realm of possibility uh there's so oh so so much to know about the universe yeah. um they could be uh they could be the the the, the bridge keepers for all we know you know yeah they could be uh, the ones with the ability to go back and forth, uh, Everyone, and they're just waiting for cross paths with a with a penny lane to uh, you know <laughs> uh, waiting for the right humans to connect with to, to show them. Yeah, I have no idea why I'm asking these questions. It's like I I guess it's kind of it's kind of like entertaining to think about these kinds of things. I think it can do a lot of damage too. Like I've spent I don't do this so much anymore, but I've spent time in the past thinking more about these things and I feel like 
you know, whether extraterrestrials exist or not does not really affect my daily life so much. So like having any kind of like concrete opinion about whether Bigfoot exists or not, it's not really going to, I don't know, I guess like there's a danger because some people's minds, like these kinds of ideas can be disturbing, uh, I, I think as, as well, but I don't know. Is it, is it, is it like, is it scary that a Bigfoot exists or is that? Like, I don't, like, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think there's, a real danger in just having an open conversation about possibilities and what ifs. And then just, uh, again, like, like the throwing the interdimensional aspect of the, of the question into the mix. I don't think there's a harm in doing that because it just gets the brain thinking. And there are so many possibilities out there yeah. in the universe. I guess perhaps maybe the danger is more about like when it relates to politics and stuff like that, because I know like people think that there is, you know, government, like crazy things that are, that are um, controlling, like the reptilians are controlling the human species and this kind of stuff. And like, I think maybe when it gets into those kinds of domains where it like can affect politics and things, then it gets kind of weird. I don't know. For sure. For sure. But that's, that's taking uh, a fun and just open very loose in terms of facts, uh, conversation and, and going into the realm where, yeah, where it affects people's lives as opposed to an interdimensional bridge keeping wookie type thing. I I always look at it as like a, again, a real open curiosity. And I think there's no harm in entertaining infinite possibilities. I think the harm comes is when we we settle on a finite truth that this is what it is. And I think that there's um, no harm in entertaining different ideas and that to think, well, Hmm, could that be a possibility? I think that's, that's healthy, right. To be able to kind of entertain different ideas and, and see different perspectives because we are that is infinite we live in a, in a space and time when it just it's all existing and to say that something is not is, is very um slippery <laughs> that's a great perspective I, I think like getting rigid about our beliefs and as soon as they start to become um you know, really I, I hesitate to say it written in books but like the, the more that we crystallize these ideas into really solid forms that we believe in uh the more divisive it can be if not everybody's on the same page you know and there's bound to be people that are on different pages so yeah and that, and that's yeah. the key right there, is, that, is that rigidity and i and i think that it's really important to keep ourselves open and because we are learning new things in every moment of every day and there are discoveries that we learn new things about ourselves. We learn new things about our cat. Our, our <laughs> everything. Every day is a learning of something new. And to say that something is, it is only, it is just this. This is what we know it to be. Um, then it can actually, like, it actually limits us in, in terms of the discoveries that we can make, and the discoveries we can make about each other and ourselves and and the world around us. Uh, now, now, real quick, going back to uh, to mindfulness like we were talking about before, I think it's also very important to kind of read the room when you're having discussions like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
uh, not present anything as fact or I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, no. Um, but to be mindful of the uh, the kind of body language and the energy of the person you're or people that you're having the conversation with. Yeah. Um, if somebody looks like they're getting fidgety or uncomfortable, um, maybe tone it down a bit or yeah. change the subject yeah, or whatever. You have to read the room. And, and I think that it's an, it's important for us as we go forward into the world to remember that there is no right or wrong and that each person has their own brand of truth. We've all lived our own life and we have our own experiences and we've had our own knowledge that we've, we've gathered. And so we build up our own truths. And to say that someone's truth is wrong, well, that's where, you know, like you wouldn't want to be told that you're wrong because there is no wrong. That is their truth. And that their truth has truth. <laughs> yeah, we, we each live our own reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything is framed in language and concepts. And, you know, we can yeah. think about reality without using words that have histories that all the time we'll be saying the exact same thing just from using different language and a different perspective and we're arguing because we both believe that we're like we feel we, we very believe in what we're saying and then we get to the end of it and we're like oh we're doing it again we're saying the <laughs> exact same thing just in a different way and framing it completely so it's really it's really funny actually and, and <laughs> just our relationship has been a great learning lesson oh yeah oh, very much so <laughs> yeah quite often we'll look at each other and have the conversation at the same time and be like oh, oh. We, we did it again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much conflict i think emerges from that like using different language to describe the same thing like no, you have to understand the way that I'm communicating like from this perspective, but they never can because you're, you're, you know, it's necessary that you're looking at the same thing from different angles. So like you never yeah. really get to that exact same, uh, even like language, you might agree on language, but even if you agree on language, they're still not seeing the thing in the same way that you are because your language no. has different meanings. Yeah, different colors and check textures and smells. Yeah, well, even I, I really like the way that Penny phrased it with like uh, each individual's own truth. Um, and you may have been in the same uh, moment in the same uh, event or conversation yeah. or, or whatever, but your personal interpretation of it is uh, can be very, very different. Oh, you yeah, know? you look at people who've grown up in the same household and did a lot of the same things together. And when they reflect back on what has happened, they will each have a very, very unique perspective on what has happened. And you know, even just I used to notice that in, in school, reading a book, and people would have to present a book report. And I'm sitting there going, did, they, are we, did we all read the same book? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> and so it, it just, it's, it's, it, it, I actually think that that's one of the most exciting things about life. And that's why art is so exciting. You can't actually even really replicate someone's art because you're going to be putting your own taste into that. Um, and that's that, that beauty, yeah. the diversity yeah. is what's so exciting. I heard a really excellent uh, interpretation of art. I always used to think it was about making something that was beautiful, but then um, I heard an interpretation where it's about people like art because it makes them feel understood. You know, and the idea of like making art because you want to be understood, like that makes sense to me. But the idea that we might actually like art because we feel understood, I think is it kind of like switched something in my brain because, um, you know, with language being, you know, we, we all have such different perspectives. And especially when you try to 
reach when you're making art about something like spiritual, like trying to communicate feelings and things that are so, um, you know, that escape language. Art is a way of feeling like, yeah, we're looking at the same thing. You know, it might be, um, we might be looking at it from different perspectives, but we're looking at the same thing, like something that is not within, you know, perhaps even the material world. Yeah. And I've seen that even just, well, just going out and and starting to actually sell my art and um, putting it out there. And I've seen this, just the reaction. I there's only it's only happened with a handful of people, but the way that they've looked at some of it, they're just like, oh, and something they're like, oh, I did it, and they can and like they're almost capturing like how I feel about it, and and they, they look at me and they're like, this just is everything. I, I feel like uh, they, they they they've an essence of themselves has been um, someone's put it into form. And, uh, and, and yeah, that's that they, that art helps you feel understood. And I've actually experienced that with paintings and just all of a sudden like goosebumps all over. And I'm like, this is just such a deep part of me or, or my own feelings are in this piece. I remember, and that's being, why. I remember being a kid and it was like this painting at the art gallery and it was like a giant red painting and the art gallery paid like $30 million or whatever it was for it. It was a controversy. Like, how do we pay, like, that much money for something like this? Like, it's ridiculous. A child could paint it. But, like, it really is that, I think, feeling of being understood. And maybe that's why art has been getting so much, like, it, it got so abstract, you know? It was so realistic. And then it yeah. started getting more and more abstract. And it's like, do we still understand each other? You know? Do we? Yeah. And, and it's so funny. Like, and that's actually one of the, I love being in the abstract art part of the gallery because people have very, very like, um, they either love it or they hate it. You know, they're like, you can hear these like guffaws happening or these like, Ooh. (laughs) And so you can really see how, um, they speak to people and what they bring out in them. Uh, And especially because abstract art that that just does that. Right. Because some people just like, I don't even know what that is. You know, everyone's like, Oh my gosh. This is everything. For sure. But regardless of which, uh, it, it tickles raw emotion. Oh, yeah. Whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, good, bad, or ugly, or whatever. And I yeah. think that is, uh, is a really important aspect of art. Is, uh, no matter what that emotion is, it, uh, it, it tickles those raw, primal emotions uh, yeah. in all of us in one way. So, so shifting gears a bit here, um, but not really that much. Uh, the, the show is called Meditation Daily. And so... I'm wondering, do you guys have any um, daily practices of meditation that help you um, concentrate your mind and calm your emotions and find your center? Like perhaps something outside of um, outside of your crafts, outside of your work. <laughs> it's so funny to say that. Almost everything that we've, all our art has been centered around our a lot of our spirituality, but. I definitely, I have like ritual. Um, I think that um, one of my big rituals and it's, it's bigger practice in the summer um, is to like, I love to get my coffee. Um, I always have the same ritual and to go and sit outside in the garden and and to listen, to be quiet, um, to watch the, hear the birds and to watch the little animals. And it's interesting because I find that meditation I, I used to do a lot of like formal meditation i was a yoga instructor and um would do these really formal 
meditations and mantra and sound work and movements. And now I've, I've as I've just watched myself, um, I feel like I have, I don't know if it's like I'm reaching new levels or if I'm just kind of going, I don't know what it is, but like I, I feel like um, even when I am doing art, when I'm practicing my music or especially playing music with other people, um, it, it is like I am meditating. I find there a lot of opportunity for meditation throughout the day, um, something that we do every day. Both Tupi and I are not an everyday person. <laughs> we, we tend to um, really let the day flow with us. Um, but every day is taking moment for gratitude, for quietness, and that stillness. Uh, one practice I love doing is closing my eyes and um, listening. And, and just listening to the wind, listening to the, even the sound of the cars or the trucks, or just, just listening. And uh, it's that I find really meditative. Um, I find for me the most uh, consistent anyways, would be, uh, would be music. Um, even a lot of the times I'll just, uh, I'll try to pick up my guitar every day. Um, and sometimes it's just to pick it up and just go sit in the sunshine in the garden and just, just something really simple, just like, a two or three basic chords and just a nice little finger picking whatnot. And I'll just do those, the, the two or three chord progression for 10, 15, whatever minutes um and i just close my eyes and i just go and i and i flow with it and uh yeah i think that's uh that's the most consistent form of uh of regular meditation i think that we do in our day-to-day -day. that isn't our craft yeah and smudging i think there's a lot of smudging yes you're a lot of smudging yeah. very cool so maybe um i don't know there's like a top five segment that we're doing on this show um, I don't know if you can you guys think of a good topic that would be a good top five for you I don't know if it's top five craftable objects top five uh, it could be anything really. do you have anything that you're like top five mythical creatures that could be a fun one let's do top five mythical creatures oh that's a goodie okay mm, top five mythical creatures fairies on the definitely list. definitely fairies gnomes okay. agreed there is no um, definitely Bigfoot. Bigfoot. You got two left. Can we do witches? Are they mythical? I don't know. No, I think, those, I, think I, might, very, yeah, I think I might be one. <laughs> um, <laughs> unicorns. Oh, unicorns is a real good one. Yeah. yeah. And then one more. I want to say like a like a griffin or a maybe a centaur. I think I'd go more with griffin or what? What are the names of those? Uh, remember the old Hercules cartoon, like the really really old one uh, from like the from the mid '80s. And there was He Man, and then there was Newton and Toot. Yeah, Newton and Toot. Oh yeah, those guys. They're, yeah, they're like uh, centaurs, but they don't have the horse body. They just have the two. The two yeah, legs. they're like little. I think there's sadars. It was Hercules, not Sadar. Yeah, Sadar. How about a sadar? We'll toss that into the uh, in this spot number five. Good choice, eighty sadar. Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been excellent speaking with you guys. I think our time's probably up. 
Um, if people want to find out more about Sticks and Stones, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Oh, okay. Um, we are, I'm just going to put this up here. We have a lovely uh, website that we've been working on. And you can, even if you can screenshot that QR code, it'll take you right to it. Um, www.sticksandstones.love. And we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Uh, Sticks and Stones Sacred Earth Art. <laughs>